we must have uh, driven past this little yellow clapboard house a dozen times. The house sat on the road to Goose Cove and Connor's Nubble. The house was on the road to just about everything. My partner and I had traveled to Maine this past summer, a place neither one of us had ever been, but had heard was so beautiful, so restorative. And so we brought our worn out, broken spirits to Mount Desert Island, Maine. I wouldn't have given that little clapboard house a second thought except for the sign stuck haphazardly in the front yard. It read, Redemption Center. <laughs> See, I was having a hard time actually getting my head, heart, and body all in the same place. My body was walking these beautiful trails, but my head was rehashing conversations, reworking situations, reimagining different scenarios. My eyes were taking in subtle shifts of the tide moving in and out, but my heart was sore. My spiritual antenna felt dead, like it wasn't receiving signals anymore. So as I passed the house one more time, I thought to myself, what the hell? Maybe I should stop in there and see if they can help me. Help me in this dark time. Help me redeem my life. Now, I know that there are a lot of negative associations with the Christian word redemption, but I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about Redemption in the old Hebrew understanding. Redemption, or gael. The obligation to redeem or buy back a relative who had sold themselves into slavery in order to pay a debt. Redemption was an act of the living, not something that happened after death. Redemption happens in the here and now. And that's actually what I think Jesus was talking about. It is a transaction that happens out of deep relationship. It is release from bondage and whatever enslaves you. Redemption, in essence, means buying back potential. That's what I need, I thought. I need to buy back my potential. I need help. Now, I never said anything of this to my partner, Rebecca. I was just noodling away in Ruthland <laughs> until we passed the house again for the umpteenth time. And I said, I wonder what, I wonder what they would say to me if I went in there. How do you think they go about redeeming people, Rebecca? What do you think they do in a redemption center? <laughs> Rebecca cracked up laughing. <laughs> what? I said. That is where you redeem bottles, Ruth. You bring your empty bottles. Papa 
bottles, beer bottles, wine bottles, and they give you some nickels for them. And then we both cracked up laughing. I mean, we had to stop the car. We were laughing so hard. And that was my first step in redemption this past summer. Redemption. Redemption is what I was in need of then and, and what I am in need of now. I want to reclaim my life. I want all of us to manifest redemption in our lives by buying back our light, our potential. I had a revelation on Wednesday morning as I tried to center myself and prepare for a day of texts, messaging, phone calls, and long meetings, all trying to coordinate and create a sound container for the vigil that was held in this sanctuary on Thursday night, all in the midst of participating in marches, all in the midst of a broken heart, tears in meetings and tears while listening to the radio as one more injustice was meted out, one more killing ignored, all in the midst of pageants, a bad tooth, and trying to figure out when to put up the Christmas tree. I realized in that moment that the thing that is driving me crazy, that is making my spirit ache, that is enslaving me, is trying to maintain life as usual, business as usual, church as usual, Christmas as usual, when nothing is usual. If we're half awake, if we are paying the least bit of attention, we are aware that something is shifting. Something is emerging. People are marching down I-35. 500 people of every race, creed, and color gathered in this sanctuary on Thursday night to cry and bear witness. Throngs of artists and community members gathered at the government center yesterday. This is all in one week and a couple of days. What I sense is that a pivotal crack has somehow been struck. Awareness is emerging in new ways for white Americans, and the sounding of lived experience for people of color is landing differently in the national psyche. The reality of the different Americas lived day in and day out are being exposed for what they are an economic system, a justice system, a, an education system, a resource distribution system that is meted out by skin color. I know we talk a lot about balance in here, but here's the deal. I think I'm being called as a white person to live out of balance, to be knocked off center, to go on, to not go on with business as usual, to understand that the movement of spirit is not always gentle, 
is not always merciful. Sometimes the movement of spirit is like a bucket of ice thrown over your head. I think I'm being called to live out of balance, to live off center so that I can live in to compassion, so I can live in to more courage, so I can live in to justice, so I can live. Slow church does not mean business as usual church. Slow church means paying attention church. Slow church means buying back your life church from a culture that promotes greed and power and calls it light. We are being <laughs> we are being sold a bill of goods and we are buying it. We are enslaved by it. The culture says the more things we have, the more experiences we consume. Guitar lessons, trips, books, booze, sex, that our lives will be richer. When I ask a 12-year-old in this church how they are doing, and they tell me, I'm stressed out, I'm so busy, it makes me sick. It makes me sick to my core. What are we doing? The verse we didn't quote from the passage from Luke at the beginning of the service cautions against false light. When we lose our clarity, when we are lost in the maze of complexity 